0: All right. What's going on? You listen to King Cam on June Bay podcast and June Bay means message. And today's message is uh, King Cam Summer School. Um, Once again, thank you guys for coming through and coming in, tuning in, like, commenting and subscribing. Um, Much love for the fam out there, the diaspora. Thank you very much. Much love to Peachy Cam Events and Designs. Much love to Pan-African Bookstore out there in Dallas. Um, I really appreciate you guys for your love and support. I'm really glad that you guys are here. Uh, as you noticed, yes, this is not my usual classroom. I had to borrow it because this is summer school, so uh, we're in different locations right now. And speaking of summer, much love and shout out to my history team, my history department. We got, from what I've been told, 93% passing the U.S. History Star Test. That is a state assessment. Uh, and you know we beat the odds. We was short a teacher, all of that good stuff. So I'm I'm really happy uh, for our team, and for some of you guys, uh, for you for those who don't know, I am a real life social studies teacher. I am a social studies department chair here, and so I'm over a group of great and knowledgeable individuals. So I'm really appreciative to it, uh, to them. And so, uh, without further ado, let's get down to the business. Um, Let me try to get to my screen. So, how you guys are doing? Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, all the good stuff. Um, And here we are. We are in summer school session four. Yes, we did a recap. We did all that good stuff. We did a review, and I I like to review information uh, before moving on. And so uh I hope you guys check out the previous videos and all that good stuff. But this is summer school session four. So um let me find that that button. So okay. Summer school session four, let me All right, here we go. All right, here we go. So, of course, the mini lessons, the introduction into African history. It is geared for everyone. It's designed to foster a life of learning. All right? It will be once a week um, to go over a few readings from Black authors. So, that's what we are here to do. And that's what, you know, we purpose to do, right? Um, now, today... I told you guys we're gonna go over chapters five through nine, but th- this these next couple of chapters are pretty weighty, okay, in the book of Stolen Legacy. That's where we're in. And so we will identify and discuss major concepts in the book entitled Stolen Legacy, more specifically, chapter five. Chapter five. Okay. Now we're gonna to touch on a brief recap. I hope you guys uh paid attention. And we're going to go into Stolen Legacy. That's our agenda, Stolen Legacy, Chapter 5. We're going to focus on Greek philosophers and their ideals. And then we're going to get into what's next. Okay? But I know somebody's out there tripping. I know they're going to ask me, why focus on the Greek philosophers and so on? Well, it's because the reason why is that they is going to show you um, where they got their information from. They just didn't come out of nowhere with this. So why are we focused on that? It is because you will see that line of knowledge. You'll see that line of information. Very important, right? So that's the reason why we're dealing with the Greek philosophers in chapter 5. And Plus the author, George G.M. James, dealt with the Greek philosophers. He didn't just skip over it, right? Then he will be, will be blamed for or labeled as... Afrocentrism and stuff like that. This new word that the Unzungus like to use uh, when they're trying to say, uh, tell us that we are focused too much on, or we're fusing, or we're putting African information into another uh, ethnic group or whatever. But, you know, I digress. But that's the reason why. So chapter five, the reason why we didn't touch on the rest of chapters because chapter five is pretty heavy. And you guys are going to see that in a second. All right. What's going on, everybody? I see. Um, um, don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe and all that good stuff. And now yeah, the Greek philosophers. Okay. Chapter five. Men such as Pythagoras got their training from Kemet upon, and upon quote unquote graduation. As I said before, he returned to Samos. <coughs> Samos, right? And the Ionians and Italians did not claim authorship of the knowledge because they all knew that Kemet were the true authors. Now, here it is. In chapter 5, the Ionian schools consisted of Thales, Anaximander, and Anaximenes, or Anaximenes, or however you want to pronounce that. Those are the three major Ionian schools, okay? And we're going to touch on some of those ideas that they dealt with, right? I'm going to touch on that. Now, Thales of uh, Miletus was a philosopher that lived between 620 Uh, In 546 before Common Era. Okay. He was uh, that person. Okay. He believed water is the source of all living things, which we already knew that. African people always said that life is in water and so on. So, but he's like, Hey, I got an idea. Water. Okay. That's the source of all living things. Right. And all things are full of God. Hmm. Heard that before also. Right. You heard that, that the, uh, that God is in everything, so they, the, the people of Africa and many other cultures personify God into other things, displaying that he is everywhere and in, in everything, okay? Uh, now, so water is the source of all living things, all things are full of God, that's what Thales is saying, but we know where he got it from, but these are some of their philosophers, right? Alright, a little bit more. Anaximander of Melatexism, was a philosopher that lived between uh, at around 16 before Common Era. Now, he was credited, this dude was credited with the idea that the origin of all things is the infinite. Now, Jehuti mentioned the all or even in Kemet, they mentioned the hidden one, the, the unmoved mover, the, one, the, the, the invisible hand that touches and deals with everything. So, but they, you know, I digress. They, they, They they credited him with that idea. Right? So, now, this involved into the notion of the concept of space. Okay? We call it uh, space, the black matter, and so on. But Anaximander, Meletus, touched on it. But once again, these philosophers went to school to Kemet Came back with this information, but the Europeans would uh, give them that credit, right? right? Now, so we have Thales, right? Examander, Amelitus, and this dude, Pythagoras. Now, there's a lot I could say about them, but I'm not going to say that much on them because, you know, it's it's kind of... Going, you know, kind of just re, re-mowing the grass. It's just going over the same information. But he is a major figure in Greek philosophy. And he is credited with a lot of things that he should not have been credited for. However, um, we're going to roll with it. We're going we're gonna to play this game, okay? Um, but the, the question is, where did he get all this information from? And who did he learn from? He just didn't all of a sudden fall out the sky and say, hey, I know these things, because I know these things. No. Um, it, you know, the, the the symbol he has in his hand is the pyramid. They didn't make those. Okay? So Pythagoras, let's get in on it. Okay? And I had to throw a slug in him. Okay? Of course, Imhotep, the Grandmaster Imhotep, developed the step pyramid. Eons, thousands of years before Pythagoras, Pythagoras even know his name. So let's not play these games saying that, hey, these these Greeks all of a sudden had all this knowledge and all this information. No, that's not the case. They got it from us. They got it from Kemet, the Grandmaster Imhotep. He is that guy. And so, and we have to understand that this information came from, this information came from. It was passed down. It wasn't just him. It wasn't just him. It was passed down. It was handed down from mouth to ear, from person to person, year to year. And then he inherited that information. But he compounded it. He built upon it just like uh these uh the step pyramid right here that you see. They he he added to it. So we can't say Pythagoras. Was that guy? No, Imatep is that guy. Okay. But now, let's continue. Now, Pythagoras, according to George G. M. James, Book of Stolen Legacy, asserted the concept of the salvation of the soul, which meant freedom. Your soul is free uh, when it goes through this process or when it is free from what? Okay, he asserted the concept of salvation of the soul, which meant freedom, freedom from what? What do y'all think? Freedom from what? Y'all could comment, but we're gonna uh, build on it in a second. The cycle of birth. See, see, I already knew that. Y'all see y'all know that. Y'all, y'all know this. The cycle of birth, that reincarnation concept, right? Cycle of birth, death, and rebirth. The soul is free from this. That's what, but the thing is, once again, that's the reason why I have the ka and ba here. And uh, if you're taking notes, please take notes. But freedom from what the cycle of birth death and rebirth that is the the ultimate thing that's the salvation of the soul according to him but he just it just didn't just land on his on his forehead and say hey i got an idea he got this information from somewhere right so pythagoras he they they gave me the credit quote unquote developed on the concept the other concept the union of opposites the supreme good, the process of purification. Now, these people didn't just come up with this, the union of opposites. We're going to get in on that because I know uh, a brother mentioned that in comments uh, before about the opposites. Uh, supreme good, what is that? The process of purification. We already know that some people had a struggle with bathing. So, yeah, Purification, now, bro We mm, yeah, I didn't know what to do with this thing called water So That's what he they say he developed Right, the unit of opposites The supreme good, the process of purification Now What, and so he goes into The question of what is mankind What is mankind The lovers of wealth Lovers of honor, lovers of wisdom That's Pythagoras and many philosophers categorized mankind into these three things: people that love money, people that love prestige and status, and lovers of wisdom, which was called the philosophers. Hmm, what do you think? Which one are you? Matter of fact, you can comment. You can, you can tell me in the comments or whatever. Uh, you know, on YouTube, which one are you? Lovers of wealth? You like money? Lovers of and be honest, because some people say I love wisdom, but you you chase status and money all the time. Mm, I don't know about that, but I don't know, right? So, but Pythagoras and his his counterparts were credited with these things, okay. And so, and as you can see, I have Tahuti right here, uh symbolizing wisdom, okay, the writer, okay, and writing. So and so Houdi was around long before Pythagoras. And and so so we can't play like these people just didn't, they just had it like that. No, they didn't. Right? All right, here we go. So, recap really quick. What's the main idea of chapter five so far? Y'all can comment on that. Okay. Because chapter five of stolen legacy is pretty hefty. Okay, I'm trying to. Kind of, you know, skip over some things, skip over a few things, but uh, it's pretty heavy. But we're going to get further into the situation in a minute. Stay tuned. Uh, What were the Ionian schools? There was three. There was three. Do you remember? And this guy was credited with the idea that all things came from the infinite. Hmm. Which one was that? Salvation of the soul was meant, meant what? Freedom from what? Do you remember? All right. And what is mankind? What is mankind according to the Greek philosophers who learned from the the Hab or the Egyptian priests? Right? Who were they? Who were they? All right. Let's move on. Chapter five. Now he go. Uh, Doctor George G. M. James dealt with the Elad- eladic philosophers. Now it gets real serious. It gets real serious because it touches on some, some concepts and ideals that that the Africans had eons before this, okay? But who were they? Xenophanes, Paramendes, Zeno, and Melissus. I may be butchering these names, but it is what it is. Um, you know, I am country is corn. But the elated philosophers, Xenophanes, uh, Pyramides and Zeno and uh, Melissus. Okay, Now, who are these cats? Zeno was born in Colophon of Asia Minor, 370 before Common Era, so it's getting closer to the modern era. He, according to a lot of people say, he he focused on the unity of God. Monotheism. So he's saying all of a sudden, this was a new concept. So, nobody heard of the other guys, uh, you know, Akhenaten and, and um, many others, right? Temperance, okay? So, he focused on the unity of God and temperance. That's Xenophanes, and this is 370 B.C. before Common Era. And his homeboy, uh, uh born in uh, Ilia in... 540 B.C. He wrote poems concerning nature. Paramides wrote poems concerning nature. He wrote about the physical doctrine, the doctrines of truth, doctrine of cosmology. Now, the physical doctrine, that deals with uh, the body, the person or person's emotion and things like that. The doctrines of truth. What is truth? That's what he would say. What is this truth? What is this thing that, that we hold dear and things of that nature? So, And so he would get into that. He would ask those kind of questions, and the doctrine of truth, truth consists of the knowledge of being. That being is, this is what it is. That's what basically what he's saying. And the and then he goes into cosmology, dealing with the soul or the thing that's composed of light or warmth. Now, that's him, Zeno, born in Iliad at 490 BC, he dealt with motion, motion, you know, motion, the body, in order for it to move to one point to another, must move through infinite number of spaces, that is interesting, we just think, okay, I'm going from point A to point B, no, you're going through an infinite number of spaces, hmm, the body is in one place. If it's in one place, of course, we say it is at rest. That's Zeno. That's what he's saying. Okay? And so, and it deals with the plural, plurality in space. But now, now let's get to the, the hefty stuff. Democritus. Democritus. This cat here pushed a basically the red button when it comes down to connecting Greece and comedic concept, okay? As you can see, he has the uh, has his face on there and the atom, the atom. Hmm? Now, let's get in on this. I skipped a few pages just to get down to this cat right here, okay? Uh, I challenge you guys to read chapter five. Don't forget, read chapter five, Stolen Legacy. This cat right here, it, it, it gets heavy. Okay, he's associated with the the description of the atom. And every atom is equivalent to this. Two things, what is and what is not. Think about that. The atom, every atom in time and space is equivalent to two things. What is and what is not are also known as the void. Hmm. What do y'all think about that? Now, but we we've heard that word before. We heard it being applied in other places, especially in our, in our culture, right? Yeah, pata. He or the, the word pata, even the word sounds like a boom pata or an explosion in on the primordial waters of noon. He this cat just didn't come up with the atom all by himself. Patan on the primordial waters of noon developed the atom or atom. Yeah. That's, wh- that's where the rub is, y'all. That's where it is. This guy, he said, okay, I got this thing called an atom, and here it is, y'all. No, he got it from the uh the concept called uh memphi theology, which we're gonna get into a little bit today. His philosopher, Adam, and the doctrine of the opposites sound very familiar. Where did he get it from? We already know. Kemet, right? Boom. Uh, I have a picture of the capstone of the pyramid. The capstone was symbolic of that first time of Zep Tepe. The first time when creation was created. By who? The creator. The hidden one. The 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 great one or the big king or it depends on what culture you're from or the that kind of thing. So these capstones on the pyramid that you will see are very symbolic of Patah sitting on that mound okay So Memphi theology out of order comes chaos. Kemet had an opposite for everything. the king must have a queen. I say again the king must have a queen. I say again, a king must have a queen. Take it for, for however, however you will, okay? But a god was with a goddess, and each element or chemical was personified. And so the thing is, it weren't they weren't just say, "I'm about to worship this cow, whatever." Each one of those things was symbolic of an atom or a element. For my science teacher, I know there's a few scientists in the room in the mix. And they can they can vouch for me on that. Me, like I said, I am just a history teacher, but they can really scientifically break this down. But the people of Kemet personified what they saw and, and they, they put it into a person. Each chemical element were, was personified, and they had an opposite, right? So noon and nunet, prime primeval water and space, hook and haket. Illimitable and ba- and the boundless got to have both got to have both huh ha and heret darkness and obscurity you can in uh in the middle nature you say hen that means millions That's a long time millions and millions of years so each element was personified noon nunet hook and haket, and ha and haet and lastly amun and amunet the hidden and the concealed, they had to have both. If you did not have both, you were out of balance or ma'atu. But you know, my, my Egyptian, uh, my my comedic friends can break it down a little bit further than me. I'm just a history teacher, you know what I'm saying? So that's what that is. So but each element was personified. So they had the opposites there already in place. But a bonus, we have Amun and Mut. Now, the reason why I say that, the reason why I didn't say An, or the reason why I didn't say Ra, Amun and his wife Mut, according to the history, is that they were from Nubia. They were Nubian. Let that sink in for those who who just think that uh, Egyptian information just was just north in the Delta in Cairo and whatnot, and it didn't, didn't happen in the South. His wife was moot, or uh, she was his counterpart, right? And she was from the South. She was from Nubia and Sudan. Do you understand? So um, later on, of course, Amun became amun Re and so on, that kind of thing. But the concept was he was the hidden one. He was the one that cannot be seen. Right? And he had a wife. And they had a son, but that's a different discussion another day. Right? So, that is briefly chapter five, y'all. But I had to touch on old boy who, who dealt with uh, the Adam. I had to do it. Because that's where you get that idea of the opposites and the the uh, unseen and yet seen, that kind of thing, all right? So a few more things. What's next? What's next? We're going to get into, let me fast forward real quick. What's next? Okay, y'all, you guys do have homework. Don't forget to read. <laughs> you guys do have homework, chapters five through nine, and the quiz is assignment is still open. It's still open on uh The code is 7250 7250 0248 and we're going to touch on a new book. Okay. Um, uh, we're going to touch on a new book and that is um, Ethiopia. Um, if, I have it, if I can have it in my bag. I should. Keep so much stuff, y'all. Yeah. Um, is is by John Jackson. Okay. Ethiopia. Okay. Ethiopia, the origin of civilization. It is like a 25 to 27 pages book. Very short. Once we get done with Stolen Legacy, we'll get into that. So uh these are short reads, easy reads, real quick, and uh, you know, we'll go from there. So, but recap. What's the main idea of chapter five? Y'all can like, comment, subscribe. Huh? That rhyme. <laughs> what is the supreme good? What is the supreme good? And what is what was the identity, the identity of the atom, the element, the atom? What was that? And he was credited. This guy was credited with the idea all things came from the infinite. And what were the four pairs of opposites? Had a king, gotta have a queen. Right? All right. Don't forget to check out their book, Ethiopia in the origin of civilization. And I really appreciate you guys. This is King Cam from Podcast. And Bay means message. And today's message is and was Stolen Legacy, Chapter 5. Uh, we're going to get in a little bit of Chapter 6 also. And we're going to move on. I really appreciate you guys. Thank you. Much love for the, to the family and the diaspora. Oh, God. Uh, if I start naming countries, uh, people going to get mad. But I really appreciate all of you for for uh um, for coming through for listening and uh chiming in and adding to the conversation i know there's a lot of things going on in the sahel and the uh in ethiopia and saudi arabia in senegal much love to the fam out there and even where i'm from okay and you know and so it it is it's something all right so uh, but we gotta be in this together let's learn and grow together all right uh, once again, King Camp Unjumbe Podcast. Unjumbe means message. Unjumbe. That is Swahili for message. All right. And you guys have a good one. Talk to you later. Peace.